right, happy home opener. All you miserably cursed Blue Jays fans out there. I'm just kidding. It's Blair and Barker. Why are they cursed? Sportsnet 590, the fan. They did. Sportsnet 360. They have a good team. Did a great team? Which That's is the only the team? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. It is uh, the Blue Jays' home opener tonight at the Rogers Center. A reminder to get in your seats early. Uh, not only will you get a chance to... Uh, Say hi to Kevin. <laughs> Don't say hi to Kevin. <laughs> uh, or me, for that matter. Boy, you look nice today. Um, I didn't get the memo. Uh, I lip- was supposed to dress up for this show uh, today. Lips- wow, you look sharp. Lipstick on a pig. Wow. You um, need to wear a tie that you can barely see. Uh, boy, you look sharp. Get that out of the way now. Fans are strongly encouraged to arrive at Rogers Center early to allow time to pass through security. Gates are opening at 5 o'clock. There will be special opening ceremonies, which will include presentations to Alejandro Kirk, the Silver Slugger Award. Jordan Romano, the Tip O'Neill Award. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will get his gold glove. Uh, First baseman and 2023 National Baseball Hall of Fame inductee Fred McGriff will throw out the ceremony the first pitch tonight as well. (sighs) The Rogers Center, and then it'll be Alec Manoa taking on... Matt Manning. Matt Manning, thank you. Oh, yeah, rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, the Detroit Tigers, they, uh, they're not very good. They have the second-worst ERA in baseball at 6.84. They have the third-worst batting average at 205. Who is the worst de- ERA in baseball? I didn't look it up, nor do I care. They're dead last in OPS with 553. Like, I know it's early because everybody likes to say that. But that ain't good. Like, you ain't got a ton to hang your hat on. And there are three-hole hitters hitting a buck 20. Yeah. And Javi Baez. You know, a couple of years ago, people were looking at the Detroit Tigers and, and looking at their young players and thinking, you know, they are... Um, the A's. The A's. 736? Looking at the, the Tigers and thinking, you know... About right. They've made some decent moves. They've got ownership that's willing to spend money. Uh, they've got some young players. What happened? I yeah I, I and and they got a manager in AJ Hinch. So, you know, regardless of what people may think of what happened in Houston, it's still probably gotta probably a pretty good, good manager. Players gotta have good players. But uh, be a good manager. Yeah. Um, there's just. I mean, there's not a lot going on there. You know, I asked the question kind of jokingly at the start of the year, which is the worst team in baseball, and I thought probably going to be Oakland I don't know man um I I think I think I, lo- I think lo- losing's a habit I, we, think, I it, think they're forming a habit there and it's never a good thing like Riley Green's a good player is it too early Spencer to say Torkelson has got a decent swing is it too early to say that AJ Hinch's job is on the line I would think so I mean I, if you read comments that he's been making from Detroit about how bad their pitching is and how bad they they don't throw first pitch strikes this is his words they don't miss a lot of bats. Like he's not saying that in a nice way. Uh, they're they're at bats. He said they chase way too much. Like he's saying these things mm-hmm. nine games into the season. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, it's also it'll be your chance to see a future Hall of Famer, not just Fred McGriff, but um, Miguel Cabrera will be in the ballpark Very today, cool. and the Jays will have a special uh, presentation uh, for Miguel Cabrera, who is uh, wrapping up. I think he's wrapping up his career. 
Um, no question. This year. I mean, we, he's really the only reason why you'd watch the Tigers. I mean, I hate to say that because I, I used to watch the Tigers when I was growing up, and that, there's really no other reason. And I've always, I've always kind of had a, <clears throat> I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Tigers. No idea why. Just always have. They always seem to have had, they always seem to have had one or two players that I really, yeah. really liked. I mean, I love mm-hmm. Trammell and Whitaker, and no question. I mean, even going back. To the day, the first World Series I watched was was the Tigers against the Cardinals. The first World Series I saw on television as a kid, and I kind of I just kind of like the Tigers. Alec Manoa gets a start for the Blue Jays today. He pitched the opener on the road, the season opener in St. Louis. Um, what are you expecting from Alec Manoa tonight? So that's a great question, right? Right. We saw the first start of the season; he was overthrowing, but balls moving too much, couldn't control it. You know, the, the, the two seamer was moving all over the place. He tried to go glove side with that thing, you know, away to righties. That's the big deal when you're facing St. Louis. You want to make them go the other way, especially those guys who have a lot of power, right? You'd rather give up that single than you would that home run. Ball was moving too much. He got hammered a little bit because he was overthrowing. Mechanics weren't sound. He didn't have a good finish. He was falling off to the first base side. His second start, velocity was way down, but mechanics – he had a little bit better direction, right? His finish, he was falling off towards his target, which is what you have to do. He was throwing it where it wanted it to, he wanted it to go. Home crowd, new stadium, everybody rooting for you. What does that scream? So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Now, again, it's gonna it, it's in his favor that Detroit's... Uh, well, it's also... And I made this point but, yesterday. They're, they're not good, but what it's also... it's Yeah, it's the home opener going to be a big deal there's going to be a sellout crowd there it's the new ballpark there's going to be a whole bunch going on but it's also the season started you know what i mean it's not sure. like it's not like alec manoa has gone from I guess. grapefruit league start to regular I, I, I season guess. But he's we, had a couple of side we, sessions we, we, big have, ballparks. we have seen the breathing we have seen the heart rate go up we saw it in in the playoff game last year we saw it in the home opener like it's i don't know I'm not saying it's going to be a thing because I think he's a really good pitcher, yeah, and, and but 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 I, I but I do think you know you're, you're when you start seeing uh, you know who who needs to pitch in certain big time games, you see how it looks when Kevin Gosman throws, you see how it looks when Alec Manoa throws. Again, I'm not saying Alec Manoa is not a great pitcher because he is, he does things, but I don't know. Now our friend uh, Travis Sachuk, the, uh, the score, uh, wrote an article. I want to say it was back in February. And talked about how the new dimensions at the Rogers Center may play um, this year. And, you know, talking to various experts and doing all the math and all the stuff that I don't want to do, which is why I love folks like Travis who can do that stuff. Uh, And his overview was sort of this is going to make this a more home run friendly ballpark. We'll wait and see. It plays. It plays different when the roof's open, the, the heat of the I, summer, et cetera, et cetera. I, I wanted to ask you this. What are about, you What are you more interested in seeing at the Rogers Center? How about just, extra base hits? How okay, about well, it, how about just, it does that? No, what are you more interested in seeing at the Rogers Center? The impact the outfield configurations have on hitting or the impact it's going to have on the Blue Jays' outfield defense and 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 the the ability of the Jays' new-look outfield defense to to handle that situation. Yeah, I think all three of those guys that are in the outfield are very athletic. I think doesn't matter. You could, absolutely not. Right. You know, you back up ball. You think's off the wall. You're going to back him up, right? In case it takes a weird bounce 
you're there to pick it up and hit the cutoff guy. I think it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with it. Now, it may in center field because that fence is a little shorter dead center. It may give Kiermaier a chance to run back and steal a couple, at least give him an opportunity to be very athletic. You know, he's very bouncy. He can run all over the place. He runs very good routes. You know, he can run with his eyes up, which is very hard to do, right? Most outfielders have to put their head down, run, and look up for the baseball. He can, he can do just the opposite of that, run with his eyes up and still – you know, not miss a beat, and the eyes are not moving a ton and get to the spot he needs to get to so he can use his lower half and jump and, you know, catch balls that most human beings can't catch. That That's the one thing. I, for me, I think it's the pitching. And you set me up pretty nicely for this. I, I know – Sort purely, of. I don't, purely I don't know, I don't know if you I don't know if you're good enough that you actually thought that through enough I, that, trust you, me, I that you're able to do this run differential trust me I did not think it through not nine games in do you look at that is it a big deal no okay well I'm going to tell you anyway <laughs> <laughs> even, even though even though you, all right you well threw, there you, you go why did uh, I just leave the room you threw dirt on that so I'm, I'm still I'm still going to give them to you all right this is run differential in the American League East why do I think that this is going to lead to something well you uh, you are you are asking me <laughs> all right you're asking me about the outfield defense and yep. there's three dudes out there that are very athletic that yes. I, and are very smart guys and mark Budzinski for me is one of the best outfield coaches in baseball it ain't gonna be an issue right It'll, it might be after the first ball and they screw it up they won't screw it up again how's that answer but this pitching thing when the fences are a little bit closer and you got some guys who don't punch a, a, a lot of people out you know the names there's a lot of them in that rotation Okay, run differential. run differential. The Rays. The yes. Rays. Okay. Wow, the Rays run differential is what? Plus 57. Yeah. By the way, the, the, congrat, the, the Rays won again yesterday. Our Rays won again yesterday. Absolutely. Jesus. The Yankees. Plus, plus 19. Yeah. The Red Sox. Yeah. Plus 12. And they stink. They do stink. The Orioles. Minus four. The Blue Jays. Yeah. Minus four. Now, we sort of understand why that is, right? That it, they have a negative run differential, meaning they've allowed more runs than they've scored. Yeah, they've had some... Big big deal or not a some, big deal? Well, well, you're asking me about the, the no, they've their had, home park. They, they've, had some, they've had some really crap starts on the well, road. There, there you go, okay? Does it ooze confidence? If you're Jose Barrios, did you show up and all of a sudden the fences are closer? I mean... I would think if you're Jose Barrios, you've probably got other stuff to worry about. But, but. I mean, it adds a different element. Yeah. I, when, I, you're, when you're fast and when you're too fastball that you throw are getting hammered and the fences are closer. That's the thing. I, the defensive part of it, no, they're they're very athletic. It's not going to bother it. Like, it's not going to be a big deal. Offensively, it could probably help because now right center, at least extra base hits. I'm not saying home runs because the fence is taller, but you could – slam a couple of balls off that fence and hit a double instead of a single, right? That's why you're talking extra base hits. You're you're putting pressure on defenses because now they hustle. Woo! Right? So now if you're looking at one thing, you're looking at the rotation and you're looking at the pin, especially at home. How how are they efficient? Now, Because what do pitchers always want to do? Keep it in the big part of the field. Everybody says that, right? You keep it in the big part of the field because that's normally where the bigger fences are at. It's further that way. Now it's not here. So that that's the thing for me anyway that you'd be looking at, right, is the run differential, especially at home, big part of the field. Do they have to change something? Like it's – there's some things that are going to go into that. So it'd be – it's – I mean, it's. I don't think it's a worry because they're a really good team and they're going to score a ton of runs here. Uh, and I, gonna, I was like, going like to say they're, the, gonna, they're a very good defensive team. Like they're going to do things. 
See, my, to the, make up for it. But it is, it is I, I'm sure if you walk up to Pete Walker, which I'm going, sorry, I'm going to walk up and ask him today, what kind of issue is this? And I'm sure the first thing out of his mouth will be he'll roll his eyes at me. And then he'll say, yeah, I've put some thought into it, but it's not a thought that I want to bring up to my pitchers right now. It's a little too early in the season. I'm sure that'll be the answer, but I'm going to ask. Yeah, the I I mean, I guess my, my reaction to that would be, well, look at it this way. You're probably going to give up five runs anyhow. At least our guys have a better chance of getting eight. I know that's a horrible way to put it. To put it. But, um, look, I... In a perfect world, if I was designing a ballpark in a perfect world, I would always, 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 always err on the side of making it a pitcher's park uh, and then settle for, settle for you know, I, I'll, I'll take a double. I'll take a double. Yeah, I'll yeah. take a triple. I, but I want, I want my I, pitchers, I want my, my pitchers knowing that on half of their starts, knowing in half their starts of the season, there's a chance that if they give up a cookie, I can just it, it, the ball is not I, is not going to clear I the fence. Just, that's I, just that's just me. I understand that's dull. That's boring. Baseball wants more offense. I I, I get all that. And in a perfect world, I'm sure the Jays have done the numbers. I'm sure this is a neutral ballpark, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm saying if it's me, well, and I'm it, designing a ballpark, I'm building. I'm turning. I'm building the Grand freaking I mean, Canyon. Well, is what that, I'm building. Well, well, you want it to be. Neutral, like no. you, you well, yeah, you do. No, like, I want to fade on my pitch. You don't want it to be so big that a, that a hitter doesn't want to come here. Like you don't want that. You want you want it to be. If I get it, it's God. I I, that's a homer. Pitchers. Like I, I, I want that. But again, we we've heard these rumblings whenever they played in Buffalo. That okay, I'm throwing it different. Uh, spots at the, at, at the mm-hmm. strike zone mm-hmm. because the wind blows there in Buffalo and it's a joke. Well, you don't want that. Right, that that's not what you want to hear. Because are they good enough? You think Jose Barrios is good enough to do that? You think Chris Bassett's good enough to do that? Those 91, 92, 93. Like, I mean, I give him credit. He's a smart dude. He's very fiery. You say Kikuchi good enough to do that? That's what you don't want. That'll be one of the things I look for. I'm not saying they, that they can't do it, but with everything that's going on, the pitch calm, the timer, it, it it'll be very intriguing, especially to right center. Mm. Because that that is every that's every pitching coach that walks up to a good pitcher, keep them in the big part of the field. You do that, we're going to have success. Well, that that big part's about twenty feet closer. I know it's taller. That that'll be a little thing too. It'll be interesting to see that. Got, maybe we're overthinking it, or at least I am. I think we'll need we'll need to see it. We need to see it. We also, and I really think this is hugely important. We've got to see what it's like. When the roof is open there you go. and and it's summer and the ground is heaty, I mean all that stuff. There you that, go. That's I think there's a real danger in judging. I mean, my initial takeaway would be that it would probably help hitters. Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't know but, what it looks like, but you know, uh, we'll see it today. we shall see. Congratulations, by the way, to Matt Chapman, American League Player of the Week. Uh, hands up if we all saw that coming, based on what we saw in spring, based on what we saw in spring training. I'm not even going to. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm not even going. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to react here's, to that. Here's. I got to be honest with you. And I'm going to be the one to raise my hand when I saw the toe tap in spring training. I was raising my hand, thinking, "Well, maybe you should eliminate it. You look lost." And then he shows up to the season, and he looks like he's been doing it for ten years. So, I mean, some people, spring training means absolutely nothing, and some people you have to have spring training. You say Kikuchi needed spring training. Yep. 
Matt Chapman obviously didn't. No. There you go. Well, yeah. I mean, I've seen guys. I've seen it both ways. I've seen guys have great springs, win jobs, and disappear. I've seen guys that yeah, you kind of expected. You, every spring you went in and said, boy, this is a big year for this guy, and then you don't see it. I just I, find it interesting that that we said going into spring training, this is a big year for Matt Chapman. No it's question. a walk year. He knows it's well, a big year for Matt Chapman. It's a walk year. We kind of wondered, okay, uh, you're trying something new. Kudos to you. You're trying something new because you, you want Because you have to. You want yeah, to. You you want to get paid. How do you get paid? You get paid by hitting. You get paid by driving in runs, all that good stuff. Yeah. It didn't work in spring training, I, and I'm going to give him credit. And and this is something that – well, this is something that, that Dan and Buck talked about in one of the one of the broadcasts during – or it might have been Ben and Joe during spring training. But they were talking about Victor Martinez. And Victor Martinez, and it was – in particular, the focus was on Santiago Espinal, but – it was also, we were led to believe that Chap, I mean, Matt Chapman's a smart enough guy that if Victor Martinez is talking, Matt Chapman's going to want to hear what he said. Mm-hmm. But basically, Victor, Martinez, Victor Martinez's approach was, look, you've got a process in place. And by the way, I know people, process, people are going to process, process is this year's prospect capital with the Blue Jays. You're going to hear process more often than you've ever heard the word process this year. But his, because every year with this organization, there's a catchphrase. But his approach was come up with a process that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't do something stupid. Repeatable. Like don't turn around Repeatable. and bat left handed. Do something that makes sense for you. Find something that makes sense for you. Find something that's repeatable. Okay, that's the process. If you're comfortable with it, if your research or the team's research says it might work, yeah, 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 then stick with it. And I'm gonna I give Matt Chapman credit for that because I know spring training numbers don't matter, and it can be all about well, feel and all, and all that stuff. But man, like it'd be easy, it'd be easy to come out of sp- uh, out of a rough spring training and go, God, man, I got to get paid this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I give Matt Chapman credit you're for al- for hanging in there. You're always I really give, do. You're always giving me a homework assignment. You always are. Because you never want to do it. But I'm going to give you one. Oh, you know what it God. is? No. We, Does it we, involve we, math? I, I, no. It, re, it involves you walking up to a player and asking this question and getting no, the answer for it and coming back that. to our show and giving the answer out loud. Okay, we heard Kevin Gosman on our show. Yes. When, when we asked about the slider. Yes. He said it takes three and a half years for him to, the whole process of what it go, goes into developing a new pitch to be able to go out and just not, you know. Yeah, the Max Scherzer. Throw, throw, throw Max, it Scherzers. Well, Max said three years. He's thinking three and a half years. Right. Just, you know, grip and all the things that go into that development. How many at-bats would it take for a new stance, a new timing mechanism? How many, how many at bats? Because that's basically what it is, right? You're, the timing and everything, uh, you getting comfortable enough to going out because stats matter. Hmm. You know, you're trying not to hit 220. You want to hit 240. You add 20 more points to your batting average. That may be 10 more homers. 10 more homers get you close to 40. 40 might get you. Cha-ching! That's so you're. No, well, 40 would get you more, yours, more money. Yours, that's cha-ching. Your, your assignment is to find out from Matt Chapman. You're asking a lot. How, for how me. many? No, that's an easy one. 
Yeah, I mean, you had me running all over spring training. Well, yeah, that's because you're in spring training. Trying to figure out all these things. You're you're in spring training, and I'm shoveling snow, so I'm going to have you do something. I'm not going to. It's like. Your worry is is getting sunburned. I'm I'm shoveling snow at 10 o'clock at night. And you're asking me all these things. Got to go to this guy's room and ask him what he eats for pregame meal like you got it you're asking me all these things i'm giving you one assignment because i've never when you were talking there and what kevin gosman says i've never actually asked that question to anybody i i I used to try everything jeff i I, you name it i tried it nobody's ever asked me that i mean you'd ask a khaki but nobody'd tell you so that's your assignment think you can do it it depends depends how motivated i am and as we well know, my well, motivation well, I, changes well, well, changes hourly. I've only ever given you one assignment. This is it. I expect the answer tomorrow on this show. Because oh. because obviously there's a number. Because he went from what it was and how it looked in spring training. It was too quick. He was in between. He was never getting his foot down on time. He was late. Bar- Barrel had crazy awareness, right? It was all over the place. It was up and down. He was missing baseballs. And now he showed up in the regular season. Huh. And it ain't that. What's the number? Yeah. We're going to be joined by Chris Rose, host of the Chris Rose Rotation in Baseball Today with John Boyan Media. That will be uh, 11 o'clock. Craig Monroe, Detroit Tigers TV analyst, former MLB outfielder, mm-hmm. will join us at 1130. We, uh, do we have tickets to give away here? Trivia? We got trivia. Excellent. We've got uh, Blue Jays trivia for tickets. And the back leg line is open at 416-413-3959 for your questions, comments, criticism. Assignments. Assignments. Oh, boy. You're chapped today for some reason. I'm not. It should be a happy day. I know it is a happy day. I'm in in a great mood. It's the home opener. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Brand new ballpark. Anybody know if they're serving after the seventh inning? This year, because like, don't they cut off alcohol sales at a certain? Are they going to be able to do that with two and a half with 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 quick games? It's a great question. This is stuff I worry about. Yeah, it's a great. This is stuff I worry about because I know I I know how the you fans do have a pregame gonna, show now. And how the fans are going to. So act watch today. how many you're tipping back during the game. Okay, I, I won't be. All right, I won't be having any. I won't be having any. Drinking at drinking at the home opener. That's kind of like drinking on St. Patrick's Day. It's amateur night. <laughs> like getting getting. Getting sloshed at the home opener. Uh, it's like getting sloshed at St. Patrick's Tuesday Day. Also. It's amateur it's night. It's Tuesday, too. It's amateur night. Save it for the weekend. Exactly. Take an Uber home. Ride the train. Uh, hey, the train. Is, is this true? The train is free coming back from the Rogers Center tonight? I got to check this. The train. Was that the GO train or the... Uh, it's the GO train, right? And uh, the uh, Spadina streetcar is free, the 510 or whatever the hell it is. I, oh, the only reason I say that is I don't... Take that mean traffic's going to be better? No, hell no. It's Toronto. Traffic's not going to be better. But uh, shout out there to our, here we go, TTC customers. Yeah. Hop in the 510 Spadina streetcar from 5 p.m. for a free ride to the Blue Jays' home opener. There you go. So uh, well done to Go Transit and the TTC, something you don't nice often hear on a radio Should station. Should do it all season, 82 games. 82 games. Yeah, that's right. Be a train for the people. That's right. Be a train for be the people. Be a train for the people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked about Alec Manoa. We talked about how bad the Detroit Tigers are. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into that a bit later. I'm not in any mood to talk about the Rays today. 
I'm not either. I don't know. I'm just talking about them already. I'm already tired about ta- tired of, of, of talking about You're tired? Race. Talking about the race. No, I'm not. I'm just, I, mm. I, I really want them. Okay. Does it make me a bad person that I want them to be undefeated when they come into Toronto? I, I do too. I would love them Quietly, to be undefeated. I Quietly, I do too. I would love them to be undefeated coming into Toronto. Yeah. This weekend, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if if they if they if Brandon Lau continues to do those things, he's he's doing at the plate. I mean, I don't think the average is sort of what they want, but he's not, he's not supposed to hit 300. He 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 starts hitting some more homer. Jeff hits 30, and he can hit 30. Wander Franco stays on the field. Yeah, we already talked about this. I come on, come on, you race coming undefeated. Dare I say, come on. The, the, the scary thing if you're other teams is how good the rotation can be, how deep it can be. It saves the bullpen. <laughs> like, and then the mad khakis or cargo shorts are just like, what What, what do we do? We've never had this before. Like, what, uh, now what do we do? What's your favorite home, what's your favorite home opener memories? Would that be your first I, with the uh, Brewers? my only one. I played, I actually played one. Yeah. The Brewers. The Brewers. The Zalfels freezing. <laughs> It was, it was like was it, it was like it's Milwaukee. Was it forty so, below? Was it zero. sold out and everything? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then after that, there was like twelve thousand. And do you have to run solid out, twelve thousand? Did you have to run out of the dugout and tip your cap, mm. or were you already lined up? No, no, no. I was, I was in the starting lineup. Yeah, so you came out. And so tipped. I came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were <laughs> you nervous running out? Uh, no, because we started on the road. Oh, okay, so you'd already done. No, no, no. I'd already went. You know, I'd already done my Alec Manoa. I already yeah. went through that. So you first were just, game. I got that over with. You were just get this going. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Now, now again, I told you this. I've, I've, I've tried to tell you this. It that 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 little. You know, your uniform's nice, and your, your new gloves nice, and your yeah, shoes are nice. Everything's and by the clean. Fifth or sixth game, mm, that's over. Now, now that realization ha- has seeped in that it's not okay to go. One for 12. <laughs> it's yeah. just not okay. Because now a bad manager like I had starts to go, starts to go. Uh, who was, who was you know, your one? I'm not saying his name out loud. Was that Davey it Lopes? I, uh, was it, uh, I choose not to say do it, it out loud. Are his initials one Davey Lopes? Tw- are his initials tw- Davey Lopes? The best runner in, in Dodger history. And I, it was, you know, one, one for of the 12. Best. How dare you? One for 12. Yeah, I'd have never made it on this Detroit team. I actually, I'd have been hitting cleanup for them. No, you would not. I would have. No, you would. One, one for twelve. You're, they're searching for dudes to go. One for twelve. Four, I, j- I joke. I know you do. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. That is the back that. leg line. I did nail it. Chris Rose joins us. Craig Monroe joins us. We've got Blue Jays tickets to give away. That would be something if the Rays come in undefeated and the Jays just <laughs> squash them. Huh. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to help the Blue Jays out here. They need help. I feel like stirring the pot a little bit. Do you see what the uh, Baltimore Orioles do when they hit a home run? The homer hose. 
they've got a hose that dudes suck on when they hit a home run. It is uh, a funnel. It's called... Uh, I don't believe you. Well, here's how it goes. I don't believe you. Cole Irvin and Keegan Aiken uh, came up with, uh, well, they bought an orange funnel and a long blue hose, and uh, they put together a device that, uh, you know, basically it's, a, it's, yeah, when you hit a home run, you, uh, you go to the homer hose. Uh, Melanie Newman, who is the uh, radio voice of the Orioles, her, she's coined a phrase, slug it and chug it. That's what you're going to hear when the Orioles hit a home run. Now, we saw the the Angels have that, whatever the hell that hat was. Sweet. I want it. Signed by Otani. Anyhow. You wouldn't take it? The hat. And, and hat. Uh, you saw what the Boston Red Sox do with the inflatable dumbbells? <laughs> that's, that's one guy, I think. I know, but that's it's carried <laughs> off. So here's what we're going to do. Because uh, apparently the home run jacket's been, uh, the home run jacket's gone the way of Teoscar Hernandez. Yep. And, uh, and Lourdes. And Lourdes. And, and we've seen uh, when Vladdy hits the home run, the uh, Phantom. Puts, puts the fake one on. The, the fake one. Yeah. Why do you think he does that? I, I don't know. Do, do we need to come up with some sort of, do we need to ask callers to, to give the Jay some home run suggestions? I don't think so. I, I, like, what about putting, here's one. What about putting a Leafs jersey on when he hit a home run? Hey? <laughs> Would have to be a jacket. Couldn't put a jersey on. Lance, yeah, Lance, very good. Lance Kennedy says that only works for one round or one homestand. Very good, Lance. That's true. So, any, anyhow, maybe we'll – I'm just plant, I'm planting that, that seed with you. I'm planting that seed with you because you know at some point somebody's going to be looking for a story, and they're going to go, this is a – today sucks. There's nothing going on. You know what we should do? Let's do a story in the home run jacket. You do it. That's what somebody will do. I'm I don't care anymore. Anyhow. You care? No, but I just, I wanted to talk about, because I just thought, I, I just wonder if there were a whole bunch of suburban dudes in Baltimore going, I, do, I hate the Orioles now because they're sucking on a home run hose. I, I, I don't know, because it seemed to me a lot of people got worked up about the home run jacket. And anyhow, I just thought of that driving in today. <laughs> it's the last thing I thought of. 416-413-3959. That's a back leg line. It is the perfect opportunity to come up with a new home run celebration for the Blue Jays. How about hit lots of homers? <laughs> How about that? See, try, try that. They're going to need it. There, lots of homers. There is a thought process that by doing nothing, you're being original. Right? Because everybody not else true. is doing stuff. So if you do nothing, not, not every team's you're doing being original. Not every a lot of teams it. do it. I think the Yankees give the give a do the Tigers wrestling have one? belt. <laughs> I don't know. Quit yeah. asking. That's a good question. <laughs> it is a good question. Anyhow, four one six four one three three nine five nine is the back leg line. We're going to go to it early today because we've got trivia. We've got Chris Rose. We've got Craig Monroe. And God knows what else could happen in the next ninety minutes before this show is over. C Mac in Edmonton. Is this a question? A comment? A criticism? A witticism? An instruction? Do we know? What do you think uh, there we go. about maybe Nate Pearson taking uh, Trevor Richards' spot in the pen um, and then possibly uh, sliding somebody else uh, uh, to take uh, when Mitch White is ready, uh, sliding Mitch White in that pen and uh, giving us another look in the, uh, in the pen as a long man. Uh, really liking uh, how the team looks, and you guys are always doing a great job. 
Thank but, you. Uh, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll listen for your comments. Thank you, C-Mac. Okay, um, can I ask you a question, Jim? Well, just let's, let's let. Okay, I, w- I want to ask the question right now. All right. Ted, tell me what gives anybody confidence whatsoever about Nate Pearson. Explain explain it to me because you, you're tooting it. We get a lot of calls that are just bring Nate Pearson up here and do what? I am not. I, I, I don't. I, I get the Trevor Richards thing. Look, I think he needs a breaking ball. I, I don't think the change up, whatever. Yeah. Well, he, and yeah, I, he's and not going to get one. He's not going to get one. He's not 22 White. years old. They're going to have to have Mitch White yeah. because of Barrios and you say Kikuchi. They're the not going to have a choice. Here's the Sooner thing. than later. Here's the thing. Explain it to me. Here's the thing. Mitch White and Nate Pearson are going to be up here within a month. And by that point, the bullpen rules will have been straightened out, and Trevor Richards may not have a role. But you got to stop. Nate Pearson is a hard-throwing dude right now. Doesn't He's not a prospect. He's just another guy. He'll come up here. It's not going to be because he's ready. He'll come up here mm-hmm. when, when there's a need and when the Jays feel that he can improve the bullpen. But, yeah, they're both going to be up here at some point. Mitch White and Nate Pearson, there's no reason not to. You can bring Nate Pearson up, pitch him for a game, send his ass down, bring him up, send his ass down, bring him up, send his ass. You can do that. That's where he is in his career right now. He isn't a prospect. Okay. I'm, I'm- so I, I, I get and I get why people say that because, you know, yeah, they understand that Trevor Richards, he's, he's got one thing. He's got a changeup that's good against lefties. And righties. He's got a changeup that's good, but mainly it's against lefties. And for a team that doesn't have, I mean, it's got one lefty in Tim Mason, flip a coin, that there, there's a value in that. But at some point, there's going to be more of a value if Nate Pearson is continuing to sit so, 98. At some point, that becomes more of a value to this organization than what Trevor Richards brings. See, Matt, he, he, he brings up a good point, but I could argue, you could argue, that it's more important to figure out that fourth and fifth guy in your rotation than well, it of is. course, their pen's good enough to make the playoffs right now. It, it is. Let's let's be honest. We and and then you got to figure out things. They're not making the going they're, forward. They're not making the playoffs with with two fifths of their starting rotation. You know, life and death to get through four. There you go. They're just not going to do. They, it. they, they, they aren't going to do it. They, they got to. They aren't going to do it. So if you want to make up here, then that yeah okay. Again, that doesn't. Nobody's saying you bring Nate Pearson up here to address the starting pitching issues. That's not the point. Could Nate Pearson make your bullpen better? I think he probably could. And at some point, I do think that he and Mitch White will be up here. I, and then you start looking at guys who can move down. I, it's, it's, it's not that complicated. It, it, and, and I will say this. I think most Jays fans now are smart enough that when Nate Pearson comes up, they're not going to view it as the next coming of Dwayne Ward because he's a guy right now. He's a hard-thrown guy right now who's unproven. There's no reason to expect more from him than, for example, a guy like Yaz Verzueta. No reason. Same guy as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the different pitchers, same guy as far as I'm concerned. Same expectations. So they should feel free to bring Nate Pearson up, and if it doesn't work, back down. Had my say. Travis in Saskatoon. Just curious if you guys think that, uh, Jeff, I know you picked them going the East, but I'm just curious if what you've seen from the rotation two rounds through, if you think that uh, this rotation is going to be a rotation that can win the East. And also, with that being said, if either you could go back and redo your 
predictions on who would win the East, would either of you switch it to the Tampa Bay Rays after seeing what we've seen from them this early into the season and that rotation and Tyler Glasgow not even being in the mix yet? Thank you. Yeah, I need to see the Rays play a good team yeah, before I do that. Me too. I'll pick the Yankees. I'm going to stick with the Yankees. I might. You know what? Based on on what I've seen from the Yankees, and this could just be because for whatever reason, I've watched a lot of Yankees games this year, and I don't. They're on a lot. They are, but for what I've, I, I will admit, part of the reason I'm watching a lot of Yankees games is I, I became a real big Aaron Judge fan last year, and I'm a huge, huge, huge Anthony Volpe fan. So I find them, fun, I find them a fun team to watch. Yeah. If I had to do my pick over, God, I'm not even going to because it's still too early. I don't know if if if, if I get if Chris Bassett rattles off. Five starts in a row like the last one and the Jays. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to hold. I'll, I'll say this. The bullpen's better than I thought it would be right now. Eric Swanson and Jimmy Garcia are, are, are better than I thought they'd be. And the lineup, I mean, I'm seeing something out of Matt Chapman. I didn't think I'd see Kevin Kiermaier stayed healthy. So, no, I'm, I'm holding firm right now with, with the Jays as, as, my, uh, as my AL East pick. If, if, I, had a, if I had a do-over... I would probably, I'd probably pick the Rangers to go to the wild card if I had a do-over instead of Minnesota. I don't know why. Um, I just got a feeling about the Rangers. I went, and I admit I went with the Twins because they're my Twinkies. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's I, why I, I went with. Them. I think you have to. I, I didn't pick the Blue Jays to win the American League East because they're starting pitching. I didn't think it was deep enough. You have no idea what you're going to get from Yusei Kikuchi. Now, I do like the velocity. That's going to help him with yes. the cutter. He's married to the cutter, which is okay. But good teams, 89 is good hitting. I mean, let's not lie about it. It is good hitting. We saw the last game he had. That's what they're hitting out. Like, it's it's good hitting, and he's married to it. That's one of the reasons. And Barrios, maybe Barrios is just not great. He's not a great pitcher anymore. Maybe, maybe that's the fact. And that's the unknowns is you really didn't know what you were going to get. They're a really good team. They're a playoff team because their lineup, their defense, their bullpen is good enough. Their bullpen for me is not a championship bullpen, pen, but it's good enough to get them to the playoffs. It was the rotation, the depth of that rotation, the unknowns in it. I just thought when the Yankees were healthy, which is their issue too, is health. But when they're healthy, their rotation for me is a lot better than the Blue Jays' rotation. That's why I picked the Yankees over the Blue Jays. I finished. I picked the Blue Jays to finish second in the American League East, but I didn't pick them to win it because of the rotation. Mm-mm. Every time I go to bed at night, I close my eyes, and do you know what I think of? Not that. You know what I think of when I go to bed? <laughs> I think of how Chad Green is going to. A healthy Chad Green might have an impact on. Uh, Boy, you are begging. You a are healthy just, Chad. No, I, I. That is not what you think of. I think. But you I are think begging. a healthy. I think a healthy Chad Green. I. I'm just saying that. I'm. I'm putting that out there. He would help. Anyhow, uh, let's go to John from somewhere in Ontario, which, if I'm not mistaken, is about 35 kilometers south of No Fixed Address. John from somewhere in Ontario. Hi, my name's John. Uh, my question is, uh, what are your thoughts? on Ryu and Green midterm or midseason uh, return if they come back healthy. And I did not, true story, here, Mark Boffo, <laughs> I did not know that was going to be the question. Here, here, Here's a fact. Here's a fact. Ryu can't get back fast enough. I mean, let's not lie about it. Okay, that, that's, that's the first thing. I'm, and whatever you get from Green is gravy. Like, I, you know, whatever you get from him, you have no idea what you're going to get. If he can come out and give you a quality inning, you'll take that every day Ooh. and twice on Sunday. But 
That's the thing, right? Ryu, for me, he's the one guy. He can't get back fast enough. Well, this is... So with the two dudes in four and five in your rotation, he, yeah. he cannot get back because he's a smart guy. He's yeah. go, You know what he's going to do that what the two other guys probably aren't going to do consistently? Give you a chance. Okay, let... That's the difference. Yeah, I... This is... He's going to dominate, but he'll give you a chance. This is like the third caller we've had ask about Ryu. It's a great Ryu. call. It's a great call. And I, I will admit, I mean, I haven't, you know, the only people I talked in the organization, basically all I get is, yeah, I mean, he's progressing as we expected, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. But let's just kind of imagine what would happen if you got both Ryu and Green, if they're both useful. I mean, I don't expect them to come out and, he, he, but, but Jeff. think about, but just think about what that does to the Blue Jays options at the trade deadline. If you want to, if you if you still feel you need uh, more swing and miss stuff in the bullpen, like it, it's how, how about we do it's this? Intriguing. If, if you have to pitch Barrios, what if you put Ryu and you say Kikuchi spot? You put that ninety eight in the pen. I okay, but and throw see, him now, against lefties. I've, that, I've been that's talking about. That's I, what you're talking about. I've been talking about. I went. I was talking about Kikuchi going to the pen last year. I think they made a big mistake. I think they should have had you say Kikuchi in the bullpen right from the get go last year. They didn't have a choice, but. They, they, they gave what, him $36 million. Nobody else would. That's, why, didn't, but that's why I didn't start what, the pen. Have you seen enough from you say Kikuchi that oh, every time I did that, you'd look at me like I had four heads. That was last and, year because he was throwing 92-93. He's so not throwing 92-93 You've seen enough anymore. now that you would consider I, doing it. I like the velocity. Okay. I, th- I, I think the velocity is a lot better. And again, the, Command's it's, the, okay. it's the facing batters more than one time is his issue, right? It's it's If I see the cutter, it's 89. It's sort of like Jordan Romano's slider. That's why you see him take 98 middle. That's why, because I'd rather try and hit 88 hanging than I would 98 because it's hard to get the head out. That's the difference. So turn your mic on. There you go. I did that for a reason. You did? Yeah. Well, you said all right. Josh in BC. So we got Edmonton, Saskatoon. That's tremendous. Ontario, BC. We appreciate it. We do. Go ahead, Josh. Brandon Bell's been struggling quite a bit. Now, my question is, since we have an overload of players at second base, why are we consistent, not necessarily consistently, but why are we putting Brandon Belt out there who is not hitting at all? Why don't we DH Witt, Santiago, or Gavin? Uh, I, mean, I mean, well, the obvious well, they're an- going to. They, they're going to. The obvious answer is because he's a left-handed hitter and they brought him in because they think he can contribute. And I don't think you give up on a dude this early. That's mature. Thank you. He's mature. <laughs> I don't think you give up on a dude waiting all year on a dude uh, this early in the year. But, but on, the, on the flip side of that, there's, there's not too many players that can have 23 at-bats and punch out 15 times and play. Not in a team that there's just not I mean, many. You, could, you couldn't play. In, many. You could. You, you couldn't play in the Detroit Tigers. How, how, well, it, but the Jays are not that. No, the, I'm not saying that they're going to release him tomorrow. That's, I that's think not going to happen. We just but, need to be. Uh, uh, I, and I, I people are going to get tired of me saying this, but I'll, I'll tell you, what, I'm going to say it for another two weeks at least. <clears throat> I think we need to be patient with this guy. But the at bats have to get it, better. The at bats have to get better. But I, I, I get back to this. I don't know what you were expecting. Like, I understand you weren't expecting, what is it, 23 at-bats and 15 strikeouts. Nobody was expecting that. 
But what were you expecting if you're a Jays fan? Were you actually, honestly, truly expecting that this dude was going to be your cleanup hitter? Like, really? And I get the numbers. You know, I get if you transpose uh, uh, the home runs in well, San Francisco, okay. put them in. I get you're all look, that. You're, look, you're looking at me because I did to start the season. Absolutely. Was... Absolutely. There's no question. Why? What on earth made you because think? They didn't, because they didn't have a cleanup hitter. Because you're, because, you're, because you're looking for 20 doubles from him. I'll tell you what they're looking for. 20 doubles, scoring a guy from first on that double, yeah. 15 homers. That's what you're looking for. And occasionally hitting cleanup because Varsho's not a cleanup hitter. He is now because he's hot, and so is Chapman. That's, yeah. I, so you you sort of you sort of went around it. That's exactly. No, at I least didn't go start, around it. At least to start the season. I, I didn't go around they it. They were thinking that. I, nothing. But they see something we don't see yeah. or we didn't see. Nothing. I, I didn't mind the signing because it's not costing them a ton of money, and it's never bad to have a – and you, he's left-handed. Listen, and he's left-handed. Yeah, yeah that's why. He's left-handed, and that's Everybody fine. Everybody was happy about that. Everybody was happy about it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't have – I don't get – and there may be something I'm not – I mean, I don't know what the reason is. There may be something going on. I don't know. I don't get why you bring in Jordan Luplo when you've got Otto Lopez, who had a good spring with – I don't get that. But, yeah, the Brandon Bell is – to me, he's just a guy. He's a guy with a nice pedigree. Is a guy who was hurt, and a guy who was hurt at a stage in Lightning his career. In a bottle. A, a, a guy trying, to, trying yeah. to find a little something, right? He, he was a guy who was hurt at a stage in his career where sometimes guys don't come back from injuries. But I, I you know, he, I mean, I'm the guy that took all the grief for Bo should be the cleanup hitter, and he's at some point this year he it's will not, be. It's in not the grief. A little of this is but common yeah, sense, I, it, at least early in the season. But everybody, I you know, common sense. I was looking at people it's going, sense. okay. Brandon Belt, cleanup hitter is common sense. That's because they don't have anybody else. And and you don't you don't want somebody else taking in at bat early in the season mm-hmm. away from Bo. I'm not saying it ain't gonna happen. It might. Not early in the season. Okay, let me ask you a question. Right now, you yes. ch- you'd change one of those three guys up, the first three, right now, the way they're hitting. You'd move that around. Oh, I can't now. I can't now. Well, you have to do it. You so you were saying do it. At some from point, the gate. yeah, from the gate, yeah, absolutely. Bo Bichette would have been my cleanup hitter, but I'm not. I'm Who's not going to do second? it now. Probably Dalton. Var- no, I would. I, I would have had Varsho hitting second because again, I like my lefty hitters hitting second. I would have had Varsho hitting second. I would have had Vladdy hitting third. I would have had Bo cleaning up, and then the rest go from there. Here's some. I might even well, consider it, Kiermaier in the number two a, spot. That's silly. It's that's silly. it is silly. That's silly. I was just reaching it's for a, it's that. A, it sounds like they they really didn't know about Varsho. Spring training, like they—they they, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm telling the truth here. They, they didn't really know. Can I can I get this pass this off to sell it to my team that he's capable of doing that with the numbers he had last year with the Diamondbacks? Probably couldn't sell that at least early on. Now his at bats look a little better. You could say, don't open the book. They we did on opening the day. Look. They That's did on opening not day. Not hitting second. No, Varsh. No, oh, okay, second. okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the cleanup spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, now obviously, so they, obviously. Now you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna tinker with the hell you're not gonna tinker with nine one two three four five in this lineup right now. You're just not. You're just not. But and let's be honest, at the, some those, point those, you bad, may. those bad numbers five through nine. Well, they're one guy basically. One, it's one guy. Twenty twenty three at bats and fifteen punches. It's one guy. Yeah. And it's ever like Kirky. You think he's gonna? <laughs> his bat's gonna get a little quicker. <laughs> Uh, you, 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 <laughs> yeah, 
You you would you would think that some guys are Danny Jansen is a pull hitter. Pull hitters are streaky. Like things have to go right for him to have, you know, get the foot down and get it out front and the ball be where he needs it to have out in front and have a better eye at the plate. Like some things gotta happen. You know, he's been sick early in the season. That'll iron itself out. It's just I, I've, I'm also going to go back to Brandon Belt and say this. This is another reason that I'm delaying coming to a conclusion about Brandon Belt. Other than I don't think I don't think he can be a clean. I, I just don't think he should be a cleanup hitter. Well, he's not I do. Be. I do want to see if he is able to take adva- advantage of the reconfigured Rogers Center the way everybody, the way a lot of smart people. Tell me he's going to be able to take advantage of it. Mm. I, you know me well enough to know that, listen, I'm not afraid to jump in somebody right away and say I throw him overboard. But I don't like the idea of doing that with Brandon Belt yet. I just don't. I don't, I don't want him my cleanup hitter, but he's got a spot right. in my team. How about just see him get the head out on 91 uh, one let's time? See. That's all you got to say. Let's see. see. That first. Let's see. Let's see. Sometimes it takes older guys a while to get going. We're talking... We're talking a 10-game sample size. Let's see before we sit there and start getting rid of Brandon Bell. To be honest, it's 15 punches. Yeah. That's done. Chris Rose, Craig Monroe there ahead. I've also got tickets to see the Jays and the White Sox with maybe my favorite trivia question we've had since we've been doing the show. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. Hello, Mom, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Blue Jays' home opener tonight at the newly refurbished Rogers Center. A reminder to get to the ballpark early. Lots of presentations. Uh... Jordan Romano getting the Tip O'Neill Award. That's Vladimir cool. Guerrero Jr. getting his gold glove. I think you would ever said that. Alejandro oh, Kirk, Silver Slugger. Uh, no. I mean, either. And we don't, make, cool we, we don't make a big enough deal. Well, we do. But other people, don't make a, other people don't make a big enough deal about what Vladdy has become in the field. No question. They just well don't. Well said. Yep. Um, remember, I got people piling on me because after that first season I said you know maybe we need to stop talking about the dude's weight and start giving him credit for making a move to a new position everybody's going oh you're just you're just being a shill huh. anyhow uh Fred McGriff will be in the park as well he'll throw That's out the first cool. pitch yeah it's gonna be it's Hall always great to Fred. see Fred always great to see Fred 2023 National Baseball Hall of Fame That's awesome. uh, uh, inductee so a reminder again get there early Five o'clock, go transit, free transportation from the ballpark. The TTC is uh, giving you free transit uh, on the Spadina, uh, on the uh, streetcar to the ballpark as well. So get there early, have a lot of fun, enjoy the newly refurbished Rogers Center. A reminder if you're watching on TV that the third part of Hazel Mays and uh, Stephen Payne's uh, presentation on Alec Manoa will go before today's game. Chris Rose is host of the Chris Rose Rotation in baseball today uh, on John Boy Media, and we're very pleased that Chris Rose joins us. Chris, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. It's a uh, it's a happy happy home opener here for us. Um, look, but I know that before the season, 
uh, you picked the Yankees to win the AL East, but you picked the Jays to be AL champions. Um, just want to get your early thoughts on what you've seen so far from from the Blue Jays, and and frankly, also, well, just from the AL East in general. Pretty much what we expected, I think. Um, I don't think there have been a ton of huge shocks. I mean, obviously, the Rays getting off to this ten and zero start. I suppose their offense has been the most surprising aspect of the division. Um, I was a little critical of them that they really didn't do much offensively. They actually lost a few guys that I thought were beneficial to them, but they played the whole, Hey, listen, if Wander is healthy card and you know, we get some guys back to form, then we're going to be just fine. So I would say that that's been the biggest surprise because their pitching is just filthy. And of course they haven't even had our guy from the Chris Rose rotation, Tyler glass now throw a pitch yet. So it's going to get, you know, that much better in a, in a few weeks, you would imagine. Um, but, you know, the Jays are off to a good start. You know, it sucks that they had to wait the better part of, like, six weeks before they played a home game. So that'll be fun atmosphere for you guys tonight, and that place is always bouncing, it seems like. So, um, I don't know. So Some people call me stubborn when I come to my pick. So this is the second straight year I have the Jays in the World Series. Last year I had them winning it. This year I had them taking a step back and just participating. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the, the World Series participation trophy, kind of like Little League. Well, it took me a while to get in the Rays bandwagon, and when I did, it's hard to get off. It's hard to get off. No, it really, it, it, it's impossible to it get really off. It really is. Now I'm on the Braves bandwagon. I think I've called the Braves to win the World Series four years in a row. So, um, hey, you know, talking about the, uh, the the Yankees in particular, Kevin and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. For whatever reason, I've watched the Yankees more this year than any team other than mm-hmm. the, the Blue Jays. And I told Kevin, I really became an Aaron Judge fan last year, you know, newsflash. But, man, I really, you know, I watch Anthony Volpe. I see what Glaber Torres, sort of, he seems to have a spring in his step. I'm kind of getting the sense that the Yankees, there's there's a different tone to how they go about their business this year, isn't there? Like, they're still the Yankees. They're still the pinstripes and everything. But, man, Anthony Volpe just seems to have sent a jolt of electricity through that team. Well, he gives them something that they haven't had recently, and that is a ton of athleticism. I mean, the dude can really run. You can see his stolen base numbers. And, you know, I I love the changes to the sport this year. Mm -hmm. I love seeing guys be able to run. Now, I know it's driving pitchers and catchers nuts because they, they feel like, you know, they're getting a free base. Well, that's what happens when people decide to change the sport so there's a three true outcome and, you know, not all of them are super exciting. So I'm in favor of what we've seen on the bases. Um, and Volpe is, is the dude on that team who can, who can really run. You know, Judge can as well, but I don't know why you have to sprint when half the time you're trotting around the bases. Exactly. Um, yeah, but, you know, they're fine. I, they're playing my Guardians right now, and I work at a company where it's 90% Yankee fans, so. I'm not going to sit here and start throwing bouquets in their direction because somebody might actually listen to this from John Boy Media. And then they'll be like, Rose, are you becoming a – nope, not. I'm not – don't say it. Don't finish the sentence. I am not. Chris, the people you've talked to, what's the conversation been like around Jose Barrios? I, I think I think people are sad more than anything else. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've got to be honest with you. Super talented kid when he came up with the Twins. Really, by all estimations, a great kid. I've never met him in person, but I, I've just heard wonderful things about him. And it's become to the point where it's really difficult to watch a start. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yep. Because your your expectations are so high and the performance doesn't come close to matching it. And I don't know what has gone on with him Um I can't imagine how you know how he feels every five days when he goes out there and what those four days in between starts, how miserable they are. You know, we spend a lot of time on the Rose Rotation talking about failure and how guys deal with it. This has been this has been consistent now for him for a long time. And, you know, hey listen, the guy's set. He signed his nine figure extension, but there is a tremendous amount of pride that goes on the line. With, with a guy like that. He's just not happy cashing a check. I, you have to know that. And at the end of the day, he's, I'm sure he's grinding to figure it out and nobody has an answer. Nobody up there has an answer. There's no baseball fan that has an answer. It's just, I think the word is sad. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really, it would be, it would be so much easier if he was an ass. It would be right. You know, it really right. would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or didn't care and just looks like, hey, you know, whatever. That's exactly. What, but you can see it. Like when he's out there, he's wearing it. He's yeah. wearing it. You can see it when he's pitching. So you and uh, Trevor Plouffe had an interesting discussion on baseball today about um, Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and what it would take for Aaron Judge to beat Shohei Otani for AL MVP again. Now, uh, you know, I'll be open here. I, I picked Aaron Judge to be the AL MVP this year. I have no idea why. But I did. Right. I mean, against you're you know you're behind the eight ball with show whenever you're going up against Shohei Otani and anything. But it, it was a great discussion. And what do you think he has to do? Is this one? See, to me, this is one of those things where if the Angels make the playoffs, it is done. Shohei Otani gets the AL MVP award. I still think there are some MVP voters, and I used to be this way when I had the vote. You had to be good on a good team. Like there had to be a reason you being an MVP counted for me to vote for you. And I'm just wondering if you think Aaron Judge can, you know, if he can do this again. I think his chances are very slim. And while Plouffe said he's definitely going to lose it to Shohei, to me, he's going to lose it to anybody whose team does something extraordinarily well. Mm. And they're the, they're the, 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 the definitive centerpiece of it all. So that could be Shohei keeping his team in contention, right? Like mm-hmm. with the Angels, if they get 87 wins and they get bounced from the wild card on the last day of the year, that's definitely going to be good enough as long as he doesn't have a 5 ERA right. and, you know, and a 798 OPS. Then he's going to be fine. Because, yes, I mean, th- there's nobody that can do what Shohei Otani does. Then nobody come close, and there won't be anybody in the near future that does it like him. Because even though he might inspire people to want to try and be a two-hole hitter and a, an ace at the top of the rotation, like, okay, great. What lab do you build that dude in? Because they're just not growing on trees. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge would have to – He'd probably have to hit 64 home runs, Mm -hmm. and the Yankees would have to win the division by 10 games Mm -hmm. because they won it by seven last year, and he hit 62. 
So unfortunately, we live in a society where people are saying, okay, well, what's your next trick now? And at least Otani's trick is so much better than what everybody else can throw out there that people will say, okay, well, if he's close enough to the numbers that he's been putting up, then he has to obviously be the MVP. Chris, let me ask you about your Guardians. They're in, they're in first place, and I'm, and I'm intrigued about the balance schedule. You think that'll help or hurt them? Well, it'll hurt every team in, in both of the centrals, in my opinion, because the central divisions just aren't very good. Yeah. Um, I Listen, I was really pleasantly surprised that the Guardians came very close to knocking off the Yankees last year in the divisional round. I thought that was a tremendous step for the youngest team in baseball. And once again, they are the youngest team in baseball. It's the second straight year. So even though people might have huge expectations for them, uh, I do love the way they play. I'd like to see them hit the ball over the wall a little bit more because it's hard grinding out three, two victories every day against really good teams like the Yankees. Um, but they are a fun team to watch. They put the ball in play. They use their athleticism. They're going to be top five in steals, in my opinion, and they're going to lead the world in infield hits just because that's the way they have to do it. You know, obviously Terry Francona gets a lot of credit from a lot of people yeah. around the game, but you know, Chris, you, you know, you'd be the perfect person to ask this. I don't think we make a big enough deal of how, not just how long this guy has managed, but the types of teams he's managed. You know, you go back to when he started out. I, it, this guy's pretty much run the gamut of, uh, I mean, he's had poison clubhouses. He's had great clubhouses. He's had teams that were never going to win. He's had teams that couldn't get out of their way. He's had teams that have overachieved. It really has been a remarkable career, hasn't it? And it really, it just seems like Cleveland to me is the perfect capper for him. This is the perfect is, capper for him. It is uh, in part because he really does love the people that he works with there. When he took uh, a year off, I believe it was in between getting fired by Philly. Then he went to be, eventually become a bench coach in Oakland before getting another head job in, in Boston. He spent a year with the Cleveland front office, and a lot of those guys are still in place. Obviously, Mark Shapiro's up there with you running the show. Mm. Um, but Chris Antonetti was there. Um, and, and those guys kind of gave him a vibe where, like, I could see myself here if mm. something down the road, you know, somewhere down the road. And that's why he's still managing. I think the only reason he's still in the game is because he likes the people in Cleveland. He knows that he'll never face the sort of heat that he did in Boston or Philly, even if things go a little sideways, which they never have in Cleveland. They just have never, they haven't had a 70 win season since he's been there. In fact, I think since he joined the team a decade ago, they have the second most wins in the American League. So things have gone very well. And it actually allows me to bring up a point. I don't know why the Baseball Hall of Fame will not let active managers in. Like, there are several guys right now. Tito's one of them. Um, Dusty Baker is definitely one of them. Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy is one of them. All those guys should be in the Hall of Fame right now. I mean, why shouldn't guys who have, who are a little older, Dusty's obviously in his 70s, Bochi is in his late 60s, I believe, and Tito's in his mid-60s, and guys have had varying degree of health issues, why shouldn't they be allowed to enjoy the fruits of their labor? Yep. I mean, what are we waiting on? I think it'd be the coolest thing ever if guys could say they're playing for an active Hall of Fame manager. That would be awesome. 
Chris, yeah. let's, let's pop over to the Padres and Juan Soto. Juan Soto's hitting 205. Yeah, sometimes I forget that I have to look his numbers up to see how, I don't want to say bad he's doing. It's a surprise, right, that he just hasn't taken off and, and been the Juan Soto, Soto that everybody thinks he is. How should I feel about him is my question, I think. He's on a really good team. Expectations are high. He's hitting 205 with two homers and five RBIs. Should I be down on him? Well, I don't know if down's the right word, but I think you can certainly question it because he wasn't elite after he got traded there either. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were like, okay, well, we get it. It's not the easiest thing to get traded in the middle of the year, particularly from a franchise you grew up with, you know, all that sort of stuff. And now you're moving not exactly to a pressure cooker in San Diego because that is the place to play. But, yeah, like, show us something. And I'd like him to show me something, too, since I picked him to be the MVP. So, um, you know, I'll let you slide for two weeks, and then let's kick it into gear. What do you say the last five and a half months you live up to a little billing? But, yeah, I think it's fair. Like, I think we're all sitting here saying, because we all easily had a four in front of the, yeah, as the first number on his next contract. Oh, sure. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a little weird right now, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Uh, Chris, we're going to let you scoot. I know you've got a show to prepare for. Thanks so much for joining us, my friend. Appreciate it. Have a great season. We'll be doing this again. Have fun. Guys, my pleasure. Anytime and enjoy the, uh, the last of the 30 team home openers. Yeah. Let's have, let's have a good party. I'll be watching. All right. Take care, Chris. Chris Rose is host of the Chris Rose rotation and baseball today, uh, on John boy media. And uh, if you don't, if you don't listen to it, um, Give your head a shake. Baseball today is terrific. Then that that uh, discussion he and Trevor Plouffe, his, his co-host, had about Aaron Judge beating Shohei Otani for AL MVP award was was really fascinating. Yeah. How, how do you feel about Soto? <sighs> I yeah, I don't know. Um, that's that's a great great answer, Jeff. I don't know. Should he, uh, he should be one of the high, he, he, he will be, I think one of the highest paid players in the game. Really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some, someone, someone will. I mean, we, we forget just, we forget how, how would you forget? It's not how young he is, but it, yeah, it think, seems like he's been about, here for a hundred years. I, I, don't, and he I don't talk about his age anymore though. Yeah, when, when you talk about elite hitters and that, and that, you know, you're taking the close pitch and your own base percentage and your OPS is higher than everybody else's, and look how great his eye is. Yeah, it's 205, 205. I, I get it early in the season. You know what? But I, there has to be a little that righteous. It's I'm that good of a hitter that I'm always going to hit. Yeah, let's. Does he always hit? Let's see what. That's the let's thing. See, you got to ask yourself. Let's see what he looks like at the end of this season. Let's see what he looks like at the end of this season. Um, and, and my sense is that I don't, here's the thing. I don't know if I would want to be the team to give him his big contract. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if I would want to be that team. See, I'd give Vladdy a big deal. I would give Bo a big deal. I don't. I don't know if I'd want to give Soto a, a big deal. He's going to get it. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. But I look at what the Washington Nationals got for him last year, and I, I'm beginning to think that we may look back at that deal and go, you know what? All things considered, uh, the Nationals did about as 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 
as well as you could off that. But I just don't, you Here. know, you, you hear the Padres, this is the thing, okay. you hear the Padres may be, may be one of the teams going after, uh, going after Shohei Otani. I mean, if you're asking me, I'd, I'd rather commit my money to a dude like that than yeah, to Juan yeah, Soto. Okay, so you're, you're going you're gonna to pay $400 million. Just throw that number out there. Black type is, is something you look at with, with elite hitters. You, yep. you look at that every single year. I don't want a $400 million man having black type only with walks on base, on base percentage. Now, 2020 is a short year. He had 351, and there's some black type there in the on base percentage, the slugging, those kind of things. But every other year, the years that he has black type, it's walks. He had, two, he had 246 last year with 27 homers and 62 RBIs. It's a $400 okay. million dollar man. Well, well let, me, let me ask you Not this. Not a chance. Let me ask you this. I think we're in agreement that you'd pay Otani more than him, clearly. No, no question. Pay Judge more than him, Not a, clearly. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the only reason that Judge probably may not is age. But you paid. In you, his 30s when you, he got paid his paid big Judge deal. more than him. So does not. Mookie. Mookie's a better player for me. More than him. Ronald Acuna Jr. Well, injuries is one of the things with him. Right. But, but what I'm about. saying is we're already Vladdy. I am. I mean, I am too. So what, I guess Vladdy's what I'm saying is numbers. we're already, we're already, we're already at that point. I mean, we're, and, and, we're and I mean, I age. haven't talked about. We're uh, at the age of the khaki and everybody loves those takes and the, and the deep counts and you see how it looks. And, you know, Kevin Biggio, we just, we drooled over that, right? Look at it. Look. And then they started throwing fastballs down the middle. Mm. Like I, that's the thing, right? Is I, okay. For me, when you talk elite from the, I'm sorry, from, and Trout, Trout's from, another guy. You've obviously we've got to put obviously, Trout, obviously got to put Trout. O is elite hitters counts. I'm not I'm not taking a, a thigh high O O pitch and it's O one and then I get out on a six pitch at yeah. bat. Can, that, that for me is not a good at bat. Can I throw other, elite hitter? Can I throw other guys out there? Rodriguez with Seattle. You give him more, even though he's early. It's young. Yeah, I would. Pena, Alvarez, dudes like that with Houston. Again, Pena's really young. I don't know. Alvarez. It's it's the. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't know. I I I would um, if he wants to sign a three year deal or a four year deal for you know forty one million I mean, what, or wh- whatever the hell it is. Tw- I would think about that, but I would not. 20, 20, I would not commit a six or seven year six, deal to him. Twenty nineteen is what they're hanging their hat on, right? He yeah. hit. Uh, he had 282 with an on-base percentage of 401. He had 34 back leg cities. He had 110 RBIs. That's what elite looks like. Since then, yeah. I mean, you're hanging it basically off one season. We haven't really seen it since. That's my question. It's an, it's an interesting thought. There are players that I would be li- there, there are a lot of players I would be lining up to pay that type of money Does to before Juan Soto. No, before Juan Soto. Uh, we've been, we are giving you a chance all season long to win Blue Jays tickets on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast, or of course, watching on TV. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Yesterday's question and answer was, what year did the Rays post their first winning season? The answer was 2008. They finished 97 to 65 and lost in the World Series. Today's question to win tickets to see the Jays and White Sox at the Rogers Center on April 24th is a good one. Who holds the White Sox single season record for RBIs? 
Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot. The win, see rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. So there you go. Who holds the White Sox single-season record for RBIs? Text us 590-590 for your shot to win tickets to see the Jays and White Sox at the Rogers Center on April 24. That's a good, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Took me three goes to mm. come up with it. Three, le- I will say this. There will, a lot of you are going to come up with the wrong answer and it is going to be a tremendously intelligent answer on your part, but it's still going to be wrong. Mm. And it was quite a year. I do remember that year. Covering baseball, then. I do remember that year. So, who holds the White Sox single season record for RBIs? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Craig Monroe will join us in a few minutes. He's a Detroit Tigers TV analyst. He is also a former MLB outfielder. A reminder that uh, it's the home opener today. Alec Manoa pitching for the Blue Jays. And uh, if you're watching the game on TV, on Sportsnet, uh, the Hazel May and Stephen Payne series, Alec Manoa Obsessed, continues tonight on Blue Jay Central with Chapter 3 of 6. Alec Manoa thrives on pitching. We know that. With a ton of energy and emotion, and that's something that can be traced back to his relationship with his older brother, Eric, and the sibling rivalry that came to a head in one fateful afternoon. Again, I, I, I cannot stress enough. Um, I've been lucky to get a little bit of a sneak peek. I cannot stress enough how good this, this, this series is. Mm-hmm. And um, learning a lot, man. Learning a lot about, uh, about Alec Manoa. And uh, that energy and emotion will probably be on display tonight, I would imagine, against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Reminder to get to the ballpark early. There's a ton of uh, presentations going on. Uh, Fred McGriff's going to throw out the first pitch. Of course, you'll want to walk around and see Whoa, all the absolutely. new concessionaries, all the new areas at Beautiful. the Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and walk is the operative phrase because... Enjoy it. Yeah, you're going to be moving around. Yeah, it'll be fun. You're going to be moving around. I cannot, I cannot wait until the first really blisteringly hot... Summer afternoon. I'm with you. Yeah, roof's open. Be cool. I cannot wait for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, enjoy responsibly. And as I said the other day, don't do anything that's going to embarrass yourself or the city or the team. Mm. Just because. I think that's always good. That's always good have uh, faith. advice. It'll be okay, Jeff. The rest of the pitching matchups, Eduardo Rodriguez on... Well, I have faith. The, Eduardo Rodriguez on Wednesday against Kevin Gossman. Spencer Turnbull against Chris Bassett. On Thursday, and uh, gates are going to open at uh, what are they going to open today? The gates will open at five o'clock. Keep in mind that uh, there are going to be a lot of folks down there, and there's going to be security down there. So give yourself plenty patience. of time to get in and be have, patient. Have some patience yeah. and have fun. And have, exactly. Yeah. It's a nice. It's a, and it's a, it's a nice. Seems good. Thank God, it's the nicest day of the year so far, too. At least I think it was when I came in here. It's in the twenties, I think. Yeah. yeah. The more it's going to be, uh, the more it's going to be a little hot as well. Craig Monroe is a Detroit Tigers TV analyst, former MLB outfielder. It has been a difficult start for the Detroit Tigers. I cannot believe that last year I was telling people that, man, the AL Central, I, you know, I mean, the White Sox, or once they fire Tony La Russa, they're going to be able to make a move. And 
you know, don't sleep on the Detroit Tigers and Minnesota's always there and Cleveland just keeps doing that was that was going to be a meat grinder of a division. Well, it 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 is in a way, but uh well, I don't know how you describe the Tigers. The Tigers, I guess, have been they've been ground more than they've been doing the grinding is probably the best way wow. to put it. Craig Monroe joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety the fans, Sportsnet three sixty, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Stretch Drive of Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Fan Sportsnet 360. It is. The Blue Jays home opener today. Mr. Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk all week long. Starting tonight. Which I guess makes sense. The uh, Detroit Tigers, Kevin Barker, are 2-7. and seven. Interesting. We'll be joined in a few minutes by Craig Monroe, their analyst. But um, doing some prep work on the uh, Tigers which admittedly doesn't take a great deal of time because there's just not a whole hell of a lot to, to look at. But one of the things <clears throat> that really stood out to both of us as we were looking at this team is the emphasis A.J. Hinch and the front office and the coaching staff has put on controlling, controlling the strike zone. Hitters controlling the strike zone. Well, that's good teams. Good teams do that. Well, this was my... It's nice to have an organizational philosophy. And it's nice to say we are going to do this. And we want everybody to do this. But how hard is it to have an organizational philosophy? You were the one that first talked to me about this, about hitting coaches saying, go up and hit a curve. And go, yeah, but I can't. It's, it's like, I, I, I can't do it. I, I, I just can't. So you can sit there and tell me to go up and hit the curve all you want. If I can't do it, it isn't going to matter. Now, I'm wondering about the same thing controlling the strike zone. Is that something you can is it something you can learn? Is it something that is that has to come naturally? Does it I don't know, does it just come with experience? How would you describe that because it's I look at this team and I'm going there's controlling the strike zone. It's like we're not talking about the most accomplished hitters in baseball. And by the way, the guy who is kind of the Guy in your lineup is one of the le- the guys who yeah. controls the strike zone. Have your bias less than anybody yeah. in baseball. Yeah. Also, you have a manager in AJ Hinch. I, I, look, I'm I'm not real sure what the goal is for him there. Is he trying to develop? Is he trying to win? Is it both? Can't do both, really. It's hard to do that, right? To 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 develop your best players and also win at the same time when you're when you have because baseball is top heavy, right? There's some top yeah. heavy teams. There's teams that are a lot better than you, you are. Get buried and early and in the, baseball. Do, well, they're, you're, they're almost you really can. They're almost buried already. Yeah. Like, and then you hear AJ coming out and, and speaking the way he does, uh, basically just saying we ain't getting it done on either side of the ball, right? And then I think they swing. When you have a swing and miss and Javi Baez like they've had the last couple of years, he he looks like sometimes he's never played baseball before. Now, I think they sort of knew that he's freewheeling and he'll do, you know, a lot of things on both sides of the ball, make you scratch your head and even base running. It's just like, why, why are you doing that? And some of his swings, point is, I don't think he leads by example mm-hmm. a lot of the times, right? He ain't buying into what they're selling 
And when he goes up free swing, and then you see the young guys sort of seeing what he's doing, <clears throat> and they're thinking, well, heck, he got paid all that kinds of money. He ain't doing it. That's that's uh, it's hard. It's hard to sell it on both sides like that, especially when you pay this guy. You're basically paying him to be the guy that all the uh, the younger guys look up to and sort of set the example in that way. And he just hasn't really been that's, doing it. That's a terrific point. It really does speak to when you are going into the free agent market, you have to, it's sometimes it's not just, it's not, it's not a good idea. We got this money to spend. Let's spend it. We got to spend yeah. it. Sometimes you have to get the right free agent yeah, and you yeah, have uh, to bring David oh, Samson's no talking. You've got to bring, you got to know what you want when you bring oh, a guy in. No question. You don't want a guy who's going to come in and then essentially go against everything you, you, you want your team to do just because that's the way he is. And I look, I don't blame Javier by it. That's what got him paid. No question. That's what got him paid. Yep. But uh, by the way, I should, we, we should, we should throw this out. The Detroit Tigers are two and seven. They're four games out. In the uh, Central, the Jays are four games out in the American League East, too. Baltimore's five out. I know they are, but I just, I just, Bob Nightingale just sent out a tweet about uh, the number of teams that are there. There are uh, the number of teams in baseball that are, that are, are four games out of first place. It took the Rays. Four of them are in the East. It took the Rays being, it took the Rays being 10 and 0 for them to be four back. I know, but it's just, it's, I just thought it was something to point out. Hmm. The only division in baseball where everybody's four games back. The best division in baseball. Like I said, if the, it is. If Tampa, I, I want Tampa Bay to come into Toronto undefeated. Well, we'll see what it looks like. You know how big, a good team. Yeah, and, and you know what? Now we're almost getting at a point where that, it's already a national story, but then it becomes an even bigger national I, story. I haven't been, I haven't looked, but who's lined up to face the race? I haven't even looked. Time. I haven't even looked. I just don't do that. It's home opener. That's such a bad thing to do. Let's, well, you soft Austin, too. Yeah, let's bring in Craig Monroe, Detroit Tigers TV analyst, former MLB outfielder. Craig, thanks for joining uh, Kevin Barker and myself. We trust that you're doing well. Uh, welcome to Toronto. Thank you very much for bringing the first uh, good weather we've had in about nine and a half months. Well done. Along with you, we mm-hmm. we we truly appreciate nah. that. You have our undying gratitude for that. Mm. What am I supposed to make of the Tigers, Craig? Because I thought last year at the start of the year, I was looking at this team, some of the young young guys they had coming up. I was thinking, you know, this it's going to be a team to really watch in the next couple of years. What's happened? Well, I think the direction we we now with Scott Harrison at the helm, we have more direction now. Uh, one of the things that he talked about when he took on this job was uh, attracting the players and getting the players that are able to control the strike zone on both sides of the ball. Uh, as you've seen here early on in the season, with the 2-17, and 17, uh, that is something that we continue to try to develop. Uh, it's one thing to have the information. There's one thing to be able to put these guys in a position uh, for their game plans and their approaches that they should have for that day. Uh, but it's up to the players to execute. And we just haven't been able to execute that plan here early. Uh, but there are some, uh, you know, there's some optimism here when guys like Riley Green and Spencer Torkins are swinging the bat and playing as well as they're playing. Uh, we've been waiting for these guys to emerge to become the guys that takes over this team. Uh, we're hoping that that continues. Uh, there's a few guys in this roster that, when you start to look at the back of the baseball card, they've had track records. Guys like Jonathan Scope, Javier Baez, you know, Austin Meadows, these guys have swung the bat and then been very productive. Well, they've been a shell of themselves here early on. 
And there's no time for us to panic, though. It is early. Uh, but we are in a position where we have to start executing on the field. Craig, which is closer, their pitching side of the ball or their offensive side of the ball to be better? I feel like it's the pitch. I feel like the pitching right now is ahead of the hitting. Mm. Uh, when you think about what some of the guys you know, we we've still been waiting. Like this whole, we've been waiting for years for Matt Manning, Casey Mize, who now is on the injured list with Tommy John, and, and Tarek Skubal, who's another one of the big three who's on the injured list. So Matt Manning is a long ranger right now. But the addition of Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen in the offseason, he's not here. He's on the I.L. Should be coming back here pretty soon. Uh, so we're encouraged by that. Uh, we are excited about El Guado Rodriguez this year. Seems to have you know, cleaned up his mechanics. He's throwing a lot more strikes. He's a veteran on this squad. And that's something that this pitching staff needed. I think losing Gregory Soto, and even though we gained Nick Maton and, and, and Ber- Matt Verland, uh, two really good players that we believe are going to help us offensively, uh, anytime you have a guy on a team that won, what, 60-something games last year and you, you're close to save 30 of them, he's going to be missed. So we're hoping that Alex Lane can be the guy. A.J. Hinch will not tell you that AJ, uh, Lane's the closer. He hasn't named the closer. They believe in matchups. And I think that's where we're at from a pitching standpoint. Offensively, it's the group of guys that I've talked about before. They, we just have to all come in to be in sync. Definitely need Baez to be the hitter and the player mm-hmm. uh, that they signed just last year to a big deal. And unfortunately, he just hadn't really caught traction until the end of season last year where we got a glimpse of how good he can be. But he's got to be the leader of this team. And that's the position that the Tigers are in right now. Uh, you, you talk about Baez, and we talked about this a little bit before you came on the show about the, you know the, the Tigers are trying to buy into an approach at the plate. He seems like the wrong guy to follow. If I'm a young, if I and I say that with all due respect, <laughs> if I if I'm a young player, I'm not going to watch is it bats right. I mean, he's swinging at sliders that are three feet off the plate. I'm just I that's not something you, you know that I'm going to try and follow. And that's I, I think in my mind that's probably not what the the Tigers' way would be. But I got to ask you, end of the season, if Craig says. Javi Baez had a good season. What would his numbers look like? I think those numbers would be anywhere between 265, 20 or more home runs, and a guy that drives in 80 runs. Mm. I think that's that's comparable. I think that's who he is as a hitter. Uh, and, and, I, and the reason I'm able to, to throw those numbers out is the, for what he brings on the defensive side, his defensive ability, his range, his shortstop, uh, his baseball IQ. His hustle, his heart, the way he plays the game, you can live with those numbers if he's able to put it all together. How, how much does uh, having no shift help or hurt the Tigers? <laughs> well, I, well, now that uh, well, there's no shifts, I believe that it helps the Tigers in this sense. I think we've got a tremendous uh, amount of versatility on our roster, guys that are defense-first kind of players, uh, guys like Ryan Kreidler. Kreidler made this team and he's played a lot of second base because of the no-shift rule. He's probably the best defensive infielder that we have on this team or in this organization. Offensively, he has struggled, um, but defensively, he's unmatched. I mean, he is, he is the game's best uh, as far as we're concerned when you look at his, his actions, his, the quickness, his lateral movement, uh, transferring, getting the ball out of the glove and getting it to the base. He has a tremendous amount of uh, baseball IQ as well. 
I just think that we have to, we really have to, in order for that to, to be sexy, for that to be a thing, we have to start hitting the baseball a lot more and making some contact. Craig, uh, Austin Meadows has been placed on the IL with uh, anxiety uh, issues. And this is a guy that, you know, Jays fans will remember from uh, his time with the Rays where he was kind of doing, well, he was doing what a lot of Rays players do to the Blue Jays, generally being a colossal pain in the butt. Hmm. Um, what, you know, first of all, kudos, kudos to Scott Harris and A.J. Hinch and the organization for the way they've handled this. Um, and, and and the openness with which they've handled it. But, you know, how, I mean, I hate to say this because the, the Austin, Austin Meadows' mental health is first and foremost the thing that we all need to worry about. But what is the plan for him going forward? You know, have the Tigers said, look, we'll come back when you're ready, or have they given him kind of a, a rough guideline? Or How are they going to go about handling this? We really haven't been privy to that information. We don't. We're not sure. Uh, we just know that at this point that the Tigers are going to support him. Um, they've wished him the best. They want him to get himself healthy. Uh, we're, they've been, you know, we've talked a lot about praying for him and his family, and hopefully that he can get to a place uh, to where he can be comfortable and, and then really enjoy playing the game. Uh, I think we and we also commend him uh, for being an athlete. You know, playing at the highest level, making a lot of money. And everybody assumes that, oh, because you're playing the game that you love and you're making a ton of money, that life is just great. Well, for him to stand up and, 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 and mm. be as vulnerable as he's been to put himself out there, to just to realize and get younger people and just the world that, you know, this mental health thing, is a, it's a thing. And it's a real thing. And so I, I, his bravery really should be highlighted in this. Now, with that being said, he's definitely going to be missed offensively. He's, he was a count. We, we were counting on him to be a force in the middle of that lineup. Uh, and that's unfortunately not going to be the case at this moment. We kind of dealt with this a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you make trades, you, you, you want these, the guys to come in and be the players that they've been for the other teams. Well, with this going on with him, he hasn't been. Um, but with, that's also an opportunity for other guys. Right. And I think that's how that's where the Tigers have to focus on right now. I think you have to focus on guys like Akil Baidu. You know, can he find that splash that he had just a couple of years ago? You know, here's his opportunity to make that splash again and, and, and earn a spot and keep his spot. So we're optimistic about Baidu taking over Austin Meadows' opportunities right now, and hopefully he can be the impact player that the Tigers need in this lineup. But as far as Austin Meadows is concerned, again, our prayers and our thoughts are just with him and wishing him and his family the best as they go through this tough time. Yeah, well said. Uh, Matt Manning's throwing tonight for the Tigers. Give me a scouting report on him. Manning's got a little fastball that he uses at the top of the zone. You're going to see him utilize his curveball slider more often than he has in the past. Uh, slider's a little bit less. I mean, about four mile per hour speed differential between the two from last year to this year. That's encouraging. It's more of a sweeping slider. Uh, he gets himself into trouble when he falls behind the count. So I'm sure the Braves, I mean, the, the, the Jays will be, you know, patient early, 
hoping that he he is a little you know a little erratic and spraying the ball over the all over the the strike zone and they'll ambush him when he makes mistakes. Uh, the biggest thing is for him is he has to win the race to two strikes to get to those two good secondary pitches. So let's see tonight with that potent offense you guys have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's able to navigate through it and kind of keep them off balance the way he can change speeds. Craig, really good of you to join us, my friend. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. No, no, thank you guys for having me. Be well. That is Craig. Yep. We'll see you tonight. That is Craig Monroe, Detroit Tigers TV analyst, former MLB outfielder. Um, yeah, the uh, Austin Meadows story is uh, he'd come back from a tendonitis injury uh, last year, had to step away from the game in September. And uh, this year, uh, and his he's got a brother, Parker, who's, who's uh, considered to be a bit of a prospect with the mm-hmm. Tigers organization, just uh, on Monday. Um, the Tigers just said that they were, were putting him on the IL with anxiety-related uh, issues and uh, just a, uh, some of the things that their, their general manager, Scott Harris, and, and A.J. Hinch said about the, partic- the situation in particular were really it – was, it, was really, it was really well handled by the organization. Austin Meadows, I mean, we talked about it, and I was just looking at his numbers to make sure I was right. Um, 12 home runs against the Blue Jays. 14 against the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, now I played a lot of games against those teams because yep. he was in the AL East. But, uh, you know, that, that, there was a guy, like, there was a time if you put together your, oh, Jesus, here they come list for the Blue Jays, Austin Meadows would have been on it. Yeah, he's trying to hit the ball in the air all the time. You know, it was it was sometimes a little all or nothing in his swing, which yeah. is, you know, sort of the race way, right? Yep. We talked about that. We talked about Kevin Kiermaier had to change his ways to be a better hitter. At the play, be a tougher out. And that that between the years thing, that's tough, man. I, you know, I went through a little bit of that, not not to the extent of that level, but just trying to do everything in your power to get back to the big leagues and make the most money you can make. Now, obviously, I don't think it's about money with him; it's more about performance driven. But yeah, you you, you know, again, it's it, there's a there's got to be what, careful about the way a, you have conversations about things like that because you have no idea what he's going through and there's a ton of failure uh, in baseball. It's all oh, man. It's it's uh yeah. I mean that's I know on that's, and a, off that's the a, field. That's a captain obvious thing, but there is a ton of failure. And and most there's more now because of, of velocity. You know, it's not you know it's not always three out of time three out of ten times you fail. Like it's not no, that's not, not the case. Anymore. That's not Ew. the case anymore. You know, it, it might be closer to that because there's no shifts anymore. But yeah, it's you know, it's it's all about how you handle it. It's, there's a lot of tough times. Again, it's you know, you went, ask Jose Barrios. I mean, he's yeah. he's one of those for me. You worry about going through things that he's going through. He signed the big deal. It hasn't went well for him. All the changes that he's made, just not working out, right? It's just not happening, right? The fastball, I can't throw a fastball anymore because it's getting hammered. I love... Like, it's tough. I, I really like what, you know, Chris, Ro- Chris Rose used the word sad to describe what's happened to him. It is. We had, I mean, I'm thinking back to the people we've had on through spring training, right? Ben Davis, a former catcher, sure. talked about how, you know, Freddie Garcia, how it, it's like... Everybody's uh, got a different idea. Everybody's got a different <laughs> yeah. idea, but also, yeah. especially the way things are now with social media and with there's just so much baseball talk, podcasts, shows. It, word kind of gets out when a guy is is really scuffling, and you can sense in people's voices because I mean, 
Most of these people, they spend time at the ballpark. They've talked to a guy. You know, for the most part, if you spend any time at the ballpark, you know when a dude's coming in town, whether or not he's a bit of a jack wagon or whether he's a solid dude. I mean, word gets around. And it is it is interesting just how everybody, when you talk about Jose, they say the same thing, man. It's just, um, you know, it's sad. Yeah, he's going to be, he's, he's making a lot of money and all that good stuff. Yeah. But, um, Remember yeah. the conversation we had as it, it, that I used to have was it odd the self correcting he just couldn't yeah. do it because of how many games he's pitched. Well, think about how many games he's pitched and him doing the things mechanically that he's done. He's totally different. It's not the same. You just look at him. He's closed himself off. He doesn't have a windup mm-hmm. anymore. You know, he's changed where his hand positioning's at. He's changed the amount of, of slurves that he throws. It's a slurve, not a breaking ball. It's not a slider. It's a curveball. Like all the things that. You know, he's trying to make himself better and give his team a, a chance to win, and it's not working out. I worry about him. Give, like, he's a great dude. Like, it's got to be hard on him. You look right. at his face. Does he look like he's ever had fun? Has I mean, Blue Jay? He, he did when he first came over here, yeah. He not he anymore? Was, when he first came over here, he was I, – I, I mean, his the – way the, he, the way he reacted to the fans when he first came over here Look at his face when he pitched in the WBC. <clears throat> Think he had fun? Um, ooh. So, it's here. The home opener. We just have a few minutes left. We'll be on Blue Jays Talk tonight, immediately following the game. We'll be back here tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, fans, Sportsnet 360. Blue Jays baseball, as always, on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and uh, on the TV side on Sportsnet. A reminder that Hazel May and Stephen Payne have the third part of their six-part series in Alec Manoa tonight. First thing you're going to do when you get down to the Rogers Center, they, what uh, that dimensions? Dimensions? Right center. What are you Size most? The wall. What are you most looking forward to seeing tonight? Once the game starts, what are you most looking forward to seeing? What are you going to pay Velo- particular particular attention to? Velocity on Manoa's sinker. Uh, how much he throws his four seamer. Uh, mechanics is he falling off to one side? But that's me. So I, I think you were looking for a little bit more than that. Um, but that's sort of that's sort of what it is. And and can and can they force Matt Manning on the plate? Normally, again, this is the thing. Sort of this lineup occasionally will chase and expand and allow a Matt Manning to get in a groove. If they force him on the plate in their zone until they get to two strikes. I mean, it should be smooth sailing. You got your best pitcher on the mound. You got the lineup that's balanced. Now he'll have to use the curveball, and it's just not two pitches because there's lefties sprinkled in I'm there. I'm just looking that's forward. That's what I'll be looking for. I'm looking forward to seeing batting practice, the new dimensions. That's a good one. I'm mean, actually just looking forward to being at See a baseball Vladdy game. See if tries to go right center. And I'll tell you what, practice. I am really, really looking forward to seeing Matt Chapman take this game take this season that he started on the road into the Rogers well, Center. Well, now he's got something to aim towards, right? Now when he steps in the batter's box to keep the front side in and have that good direction and that good finish that he's had, now he can point and have his eyes directed at right center field. It's going to be fun. It's also going to be fun watching Dalton Varshow because I think he's a dude that uh, I think he's a dude that Jays fans are really going to take to really quickly. There's going to be a lot of folks in the outfield buying Dalton Varshow jersey. So that is it for us. First pitch today after 7 o'clock. Get to the park early. Gates open at 5 o'clock. Security will be there. Enjoy the baseball. Have a great time. We'll talk to you tomorrow.